Hi guys, it's Mandy with the Speaking Wife Podcast. If you've never tuned in before, I'm so excited that you're here. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. We are so close to Christmas. I cannot believe that we are less than a week away and we're less than two weeks away from a whole new year. That's just crazy. I cannot get over that. I've kind of, in my mind, I've kind of skipped over the part of not being able to believe that Christmas is so close and I just keep thinking about we are about to jump into 2019. That is crazy. That's numbers you just never would have thought of several years ago. But we really are about to go into a brand new year with so many possibilities. As we come close to the Christmas, I was about to say Christmas season, but we're we're in the Christmas season. We're already way into that. As we actually approach Christmas Day, I find myself actually looking forward to it this year, and I did not look forward to it last year. There were so many different variables in our situation last year that have been so different from this year, and I had just recently had surgery in the fall. There were just so many things that were happening, and it seemed like Christmas, it sneaks up on you every year, but it seemed to sneak up on us in a way that was not just financial or we have to do more Christmas shopping or lack of planning, but in a way of my heart was just not ready for a holiday season if that if that makes any sense to anyone listening it was as if my emotions and my heart just couldn't take the thought of needing to project happiness or togetherness I think that we've all been there to some degree and this year I have found myself looking forward to it and I'm very thankful for that hope and that feeling of excitement even if it's not as much excitement as it was when I was younger I have really been looking forward to it this year and being able to be in our home with our kiddos and watch them unwrap their presents and just enjoy the time together. But today I wanted to jump on and talk for just a little bit. This is probably going to be a shorter than average podcast, which if you're like me in this season, that's all you've got time for. But I wanted to talk today a little bit about unplugging from the world and not doing it in a healthy way. You know, I've done several episodes about learning where your limitations are and knowing that you're just one person. Whether you're a mom or whatever phase of life they're in right now, we all have to become aware of our of where our lines are at and we have to be able to recognize when we are becoming grouchy because we're at the end of our rope and we have to learn to stop and take a breath and do the things that replenish our soul and remind us of hope and encouragement. We have to find a way to do all of those things. And so it is very important to unplug. It is very important to walk away from the demands and from the busyness and just the chaos that can constantly surround us in today's society and in our homes and our schedules. But if I'm not very careful I will find myself doing that in a very unhealthy way. And what's funny in a very ironic way is we want to pass down healthy coping mechanisms and processes and recognizing what's going on with yourself. We want to pass all of that down to our children. But truthfully, they're not listening as much to what we say as what we do. And so whenever we go into our ways of coping, they are going to follow that process. No matter what we've said leading up to that, our actions are going to show them the process to follow. And if I'm not extremely careful, the process that I am showing my children to follow is to pick up my phone and escape into the perfectness or the idealisticness, if that's even a word, of the social media that I'm scrolling through or the articles that I'm reading or the self-help or whatever. And 
what I find myself doing is, as we've talked about in other episodes, falling into a comparison trap because we always put our best foot forward on social media. Everyone does it. And so when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform you're a part of, you'll find yourself feeling a little bit less than because you don't have it together like it seems like everyone else does. And truthfully, there's not one person I've sat down and talked to who has it all together. There are people that I would have basically bet you money. They are the ones. They have got every I dotted, every T crossed. They've got their schedule three months in advance. I mean, they've got it all together because that's how it looked. And that could not have been further from the truth. They were hurting just as much as I was. They were overwhelmed. They were struggling. And they were feeling the comparison Just like I was when they scrolled through their social media, they were feeling all of the pressure to maintain this level of perfection that is actually not even possible. So whenever I escape into social media or I escape into my phone because I'm trying to drown out the chaos around me, my mind is not at rest. My heart is not at rest. I'm not sleeping as well as I should. I can't concentrate. You know, we, we find it very hard to focus. It's as if you're living in this haze, and I I finally was like, you know, there has to be something that I can do to help this, and I did not believe that it was me needing to set my phone down all the time, because I know that compared to a lot of people, I'm not on my phone as much as many, many people, but that is the danger with comparing yourself. There's always going to be someone who's worse than you. There's always going to be someone who's better than you. It's easier to look at the people that are worse than us and be like, well, at least I'm not them. At least I'm not spending this much time. Just so much easier to do that. But the more research that I've done, the more there are studies out there that are backing the idea that we are not at rest because we are so zoned into our phones and to our computers, to our tablets, whatever it is that we hold and we look at so much. It's proven that it affects so many different aspects of who we are and our cognitive reasoning and so many different things. And the reason why that's so dangerous is because I'm passing on this coping mechanism to my children. And it's easy to get frustrated at our children when they're not ready to sleep at night, when they're having trouble focusing, all these different things that I've already listed. But if we trace this back, it has a direct correlation to how much time they're spending on a screen. Now, Y'all already know that I'm aware that children are hyper, children are disorganized, they they don't come into the world ready to sit perfectly still, have all of their ducks in a row, and be the little angels that we think that they should be sometimes. We are the ones training them. There is never going to be a moment when your child is perfect. So what I'm talking about is giving us a better chance at achieving some of the goals we have set, whether it's bedtime or being able to focus on homework, being able to actually listen when you're giving them instruction. And so I started really dialing back the amount of time that my boys were spending on any kind of electronic device. And it was really mind-blowing what it did to their attitudes, what it did to their sleeping patterns, what it did to their ability to focus and get their homework done and to be doing well in school. It was completely incredible what it did. They're sleeping so much better. The The evening is not nearly as much of a tug of war as it felt like it was every single night. And that was extremely eye-opening for me and what I'm teaching them to do. 
if I have this information in my hands and I'm reading this and I'm understanding that A and B equal this, you know, two plus two, this is equaling four. If I have this information in front of me and I choose to not change the, the system that I'm using or the calculation that I'm using, if I choose to make no variation, then I have to accept that the outcome is going to remain the same. When the TV is on constantly and it's just a bunch of background noise, but they're always used to a screen and whenever their their phone or their tablet or my phone or my tablet is within reach 24-7 and it's always in my hand or their tablet's always in their hand and we're seeing this pattern and I do nothing to change it, then the only the only correct assumption that we can come to is that I have approved this pattern and I am responsible for the fact that the pattern is not changing because the children are not going to change the pattern. That's not their job. We are the adults. So a child is not going to come to you and say, you know, mom, I think I've spent a little bit too much time on electronic devices of late and I think I should take a break. Your child will never, ever say that to you unless you have started teaching them that thought process. We have to be the ones to do that. The reason that that is so hard in this home with three extremely energetic, curious boys is because the tablet are, is a way for me to maintain some sanity. So it's easier for me to hand them an electronic device or to say, yes, go play on the Wii, go play on the PlayStation. It's easier for me because then they're quiet. But something that I'm figuring out is that just because their body is still does not mean that their heart and their mind is still. And so the more time that they're spending having all this information and all the lights and all the textures and all of this bombarding their mind and their senses, their mind is just going 90 to nothing. And so if we leave them on these electronic devices and then we need to say, okay, it's bedtime, everyone turn everything off, go straight to bed, they will not go to sleep. It will not happen. And so if I have stopped them, if they've spent a, an hour on an electronic device and then we've, we've had the cutoff, we've stopped them, everyone has either played a game or they've drawn or they've looked at books, whatever it is, they're building with blocks. It doesn't matter. Every home is so different, but if they've stepped away from the electronics and we have filled the rest of the evening with other things or allowed them to fill the rest of the evening, you don't have to dictate everything that your child is doing. And we can talk about that in another episode. But the point is if they're not on an electronic device right up to bedtime, it makes a drastic difference in how the bedtime routine goes. It has blown my mind. So I want to talk about that a little bit today just because I find myself in this busy season wanting to go to those quiet places, wanting to revert to the safety of everyone just being quiet for a minute so mommy can just drink some tea and have just two seconds to think straight. But sometimes we have to take our focus off of this moment that we're in right now and readjust our focus to the long-term effect of what we're doing with our kids. I am not someone who says they should never be on an electronic device. I've said this to you guys before, I believe. I think that it can be used in such a way to bring so much relief to mom, especially in those moments when you absolutely have to get work done and you just need a moment, all those things. But I do believe that if we're not careful, we can allow this to be something that we we overuse or we abuse, and it can affect them in such drastic ways, especially in 
their young their young years whenever they're forming so many different ideas so many different reactions to things so much is going on right now and one of the things that I found very interesting and also the most worrisome about screen time and being on electronics too much is that the studies have proven that whenever we see something on a screen when information is given given to us through a screen we're watching this we are i believe the the study said that we are 90% more likely to just accept it as truth and not use any critical thinking to decide whether this is factual whether it's actually truthful whether it can be applied to our lives or not we're not as likely to stop and to reason with what we've been told and i find that extremely dangerous because even for myself, much less the children at the age they are right now, I need to be thinking critically about things. I need to be stopping and reasoning with what I'm hearing, not just accepting it all as truth. There are a lot of things that if you're on Facebook at all, you will see this, that someone will see some kind of saying or meme or example shared on Facebook and they will automatically just share it. There will be no fact checking. There will be no digging into whether this is true at all. We have just, we've started just accepting things and that has never been how we have truly grown. We truly grow by critically examining things and using deductive reasoning and stopping and actually allowing our brain that God gave us to do some work. That's how we grow. That's how we get better at understanding. That's how we learn. That's how we, we will expand our knowledge and our understanding of so many things. And I don't want my little ones to become used to just accepting something because it's been on a screen, because it's just being poured into them. I want them to learn to read a book or to put a puzzle together by themselves, to play a game that takes strategizing, different things like that. And it can be so much more difficult to do those things because a lot of times that's a little bit more work for us, sometimes a lot more work for us. And so it can be very tempting to just hand them a screen or for us to just sit down in front of a screen. And I don't have all of the answers at all. I might not have any answers, but I just wanted to talk about that a little bit this week and encourage us to not escape or to unplug in a way that is unhealthy for ourselves or our children or our families for the atmosphere of our home. Because like I said at the beginning, what we're saying is good, but our actions are what solidifies what we believe. And so when we tell our children, you don't need to spend so much time on an electronic device, but every time they see us, we are on one. We're sending mixed signals to them and they are much more likely statistically to follow in our actions than in what we have verbalized to them. So I hope that in some way I'm able to get across to them that there's a healthy way to use these things in our lives and they're very, very useful. And I'm so grateful for technology. Without technology, I wouldn't be able to talk to you guys. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do this in the safety of my own home. I'm Right now I'm currently hidden away. Everyone is downstairs and they are playing on an electronic device because this is the hour that they are allowed to play. So I knew if I could sneak away for a minute, I'd be able to talk to y'all for 15 to 20 minutes but I have to choose to finish this episode to walk down to where they are downstairs and to tell them okay time's up because none of them are going to say oh time's up maybe we should turn everything off that's what mom is here for and sometimes it's hard to make that decision because it's so much quieter 
whenever they are actually engaged in a screen of some kind. But I'm so encouraged by the difference I'm seeing in their attitudes and their actions. Their being able to concentrate with their homework was a very big deal to me. And I've been really, I've really enjoyed what I've seen when we've sat down and played games together. Even if at first that kind of felt like it, oh my word, I just want to rest. But I'm always going to feel like I want to rest. I've heard I'm going to feel this way until they're 18. And then most people tell me I'm going to feel this way until... I'm gone until life has ended because then I'll be worried about their grand, my grandkids and all that. But it can be a difficult decision to make to actually choose to step away from social media and from electronics. But I believe the more that I'm seeing, the more I'm researching, the more we're implementing this in our home, it makes such a huge difference and such a huge impact on your family atmosphere. So May we all be able to step away from the chaos in a healthy way to learn how to balance the tools that we've been given and we're so blessed to have in the time that we live in now. But most importantly, may we remember that our children are always watching what we do much more than they're listening to what we say. That's so convicting and I probably need to have that written on a pillow somewhere because I need to be reminded constantly. But I hope y'all are having a wonderful week. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. I can't wait to talk to all of you again after the Christmas season. If you have listened to any of my episodes, I would love it if you would give me some feedback. I would love any kind of comment you could send me. A podcast is very intimidating because there's not really just a designated place for feedback. So you can find yourself just talking into the abyss and wondering if it's mattering at all. But I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, and I hope that you have a happy new year if I don't get to talk to you before then. You're all amazing, as I've said before, you were created with a divine purpose that only you can fulfill because you are unique and you are awesome. Don't give up in this time of feeling so overwhelmed in the holiday season. Just keep trucking, Mama. You're doing a good job. Bye, guys.